Welcome. Good morning, good day, good evening, wherever you may be in the world to this week's Crypto Internet Show, which is our weekly series talking about everything stacks, the broader ecosystem, and building on Bitcoin. Uh, these take place every week here on Wednesdays, now going forward at 5 p.m. Eastern time on Twitter. So always tune in. Love to have all the questions and each of you uh, a part of this as well. All right. So as everyone joins the stage today, we've got some awesome speakers. We have Jeff and Hank from Mechanism. We got Bowtie Munib who will be joining us in just a little bit. Uh, we also have Jason, hopefully from Freehold as he gets up on stage. Maddie Stacks, Patrick, uh, from Freehold and representing the CityCoins community as well. And then Brittany may join us in a little bit as well from the Stacks Foundation. So tons, tons of great people and speakers from the community to share on today's topic. Proof of Transfer Lite or P-O-X-L. Uh, and talking about uh, the upgrade and what that may mean to uh, all of us in the Stacks community and also to uh, CityCoins as well. I'm your host today. Kyle Ellicott, Partner and Managing Director at the Stacks Accelerator. As I said, I have taken over the Stacks Twitter handle, so let's have some fun. Uh, with that, Patrick, you want to give any quick intros? We'll come around as we're waiting just for um, uh, Maddie uh, to get up on stage. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, um, I used to be the head of growth at Stacks, uh, founder of Freehold, and uh, uh, sort of inventor, I guess, uh, creator of CityCoins. And um, that's pretty much it. Wonderful. Uh, thank you, Patrick. Hank, Jeff, super quick intros as well. Hey, I'm Hank. I'm a longtime Stacks developer. Um, <clears throat> like to just think and talk about different uh, smart contract mechanisms, uh, especially around POX Lite. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. Hey there, Jeff from Mechanism. Uh, we build Bitcoin protocols on Stacks, formerly head of product at Stacks. And uh, thanks for having us. Wonderful. Thank you as well. Munib. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. Uh, Bowtie Munib. I'm uh, Munib's evil twin brother, co-founder at Saifita Mining. Uh, we mine city, co mine city coins. So thanks. Awesome. Last but not least, Jason. Quick intro. All right. So I am the, my name is Jason. I'm the DevOps engineer at Freehold, and I was fortunate to be one of the core developers of the CityCoins protocol. So excited to have this discussion today. Right on. Thank you guys. We're all excited to have you here today. Again, we're going to be talking about true proof of transfer light. So POXL as I may be referred to in today's discussion, uh, Jeff and Hank wrote a really good article uh, if you haven't already checked it out on the mechanism website uh, about this proposal, we spoke a little bit about, or excuse me, this concept. We spoke a little bit about this last week during Crypto Internet Show, both around uh, Bitcoin, DeFi 101, and then also how this. Oh, uh, Bowtie Munib. I'm uh, Munib's evil twin brother, co founder at Saifita Mining. Uh, we mine city, mine city coins. So thanks. Awesome. Last but not least, Jason. Quick intro. All right. So I am the, my name is Jason. I'm the DevOps engineer at Freehold, and I was fortunate to be one of the core developers of the CityCoins protocol. So excited to have this discussion today. 
Right on. Thank you, guys. We're all excited to have you here today. Again, we're going to be talking about true proof of transfer light, so POXL, as I may be referred to in today's discussion. Uh, Jeff and Hank wrote a really good article, uh, if you haven't already checked it out, on the Mechanism website uh, about this proposal. We spoke a little bit about, or excuse me, this concept. We spoke a little bit about this last week during Crypto Internet Show, both around uh, Bitcoin, DeFi 101, and then also how this may apply to non-fungible tokens as well. But um, Jeff, Hank, if you could maybe set the stage for us as to what this concept of POXL is, um, as many may not have heard of it uh, as well. Um, you know, I'd like to uh, pass that to Jason. Uh, you know, he's the... <clears throat> basically first developer on city coins and, and kind of wrote those core concepts. So no one can probably give that intro better than him. Oh, thank you so much for that. And sure. So a quick introduction to what it is. It was uh, the idea that could we take the proof of transfer consensus mechanism that we see in stacks and could we replicate that through a smart contract for a way to effectively like launch and provide a new token to people. And that was that was where everything started. So you have similar properties that you see in proof of transfer where mining is performed one to one in a block. The miners compete with all other miners who are mining with Within that block to see who is selected as the verifiable random winner, although the selections are weighted by the amount the person contributes against the total. And there's a stacking mechanism as well where you can stack, in our case, you can stack city coins and receive the underlying asset of stacks um, as a result of locking those up. So those two core concepts were the things that drove the initial development of POX Lite. Mm -hmm who is selected as the verifiable random winner, although the selections are weighted by the amount the person contributes against the total. And there's a stacking mechanism as well where you can stack, in our case, you can stack city coins and receive the underlying asset of stacks um, as a result of locking those up. So those two core concepts were the things that drove the initial development of POX Lite. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And so how does this maybe differ, Patrick, in your eyes from actual POX, so proof of transfer. As Jason kind of alluded to, it's a little bit different of a mechanism. It is a kind of a split from that initial. Uh, if you could maybe give us a little overview of POX. Yeah, sure. Um, well, POX is is um, a consensus mechanism, basically. Um, you know, you're, you're effectively doing, um, you're securing a blockchain uh, through that. Whereas Proof of transfer light is more so simulating uh, proof of transfer, and proof of transfer light is really what it's doing is taking the it's taking kind of like the um, it's just it's essentially taking the the piece of proof of transfer that uh, enables open membership like minting of tokens. Um, so that's basically the difference. Proof of transfer itself is like heavy duty it uh it you know you, you mine it by sending uh by sending bitcoin uh into a contract and uh you have like a weighted chance of winning uh, based on how much bitcoin you put in and um and that secures the blockchain and then um crew transfer light is is like same thing except for it's not securing anything it's just sort of simulating uh simulating that 
But also, Hank, Hank, is, Hank might actually be even better at describing that than me. <laughs> no, I think that's perfect. But um, one way I, I kind of think about it is that uh, with sort of layer one chains, be it Stacks or Bitcoin or whatever, the, the core incentive um, within that whole tokenomics model is securing the blockchain, you know, so creating new blocks, uh, preventing double spends, that sort of thing. And um, and so the way they do that is by having these emissions of the token on whatever schedule via whatever, you know, means that they, they do. So with Stacks, um, <clears throat> we incentivize security by having this block reward to whoever wins the block. And in DeFi protocols and, you know, other protocols with, with tokenomics, they still have the same needs um, where they want to incentivize something. Uh, a lot of times, maybe if it's a DEX, they're incentivizing liquidity or, um, you know, liquidity of their own token in a different protocol or lending or borrowing. And, um, you know, that incentive, it may not be sort of core security, but it's it's crucial to maintaining the success of the network. Um, and so you, you really can think of it in the same way where the protocol you know, is designed such that there's token emissions to incentivize the behavior that sort of keeps the thing running, makes it successful. And so, <clears throat> uh, as Patrick was saying, with with stacks, we're we're incentivizing you know secure block production, and in protocols like Citicoins that use Pux Lite, uh, we're incentivizing sort of raising funds for a city. Um, and I think that's why Pux Lite's you know such a interesting model is because um you know the the emissions are essentially going they're, they're designed in a way where it's not just giving away the you know tokens for <clears throat> funds to go straight to the city but it's like a whole sort of cyclical mechanism such that it rewards long-term stakeholders while you know raising funds to um to to help these cities which which we've seen with quite good success in the history of, of the city coins project so I don't know. I hope that helps. I think so. We, we don't have any questions yet. So uh, I think that's a, I think that definitely helped. And I, I want to go a little deeper on, on city coins uh, as well. And, and how this applies in the broader picture of city coins yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I know that there's a, an upgrade uh, that may be coming. I, Patrick, you did a, a YouTube recently talking about city coins and what's coming too, and also there's this concept of city coins 2.0 as um, things start to evolve. How does POXL you know, apply within the city coins stack for those developers that are listening? And you know, why did you choose this route over POX? And I know Hank alluded to a few of those pieces, but would love to hear why you, Jason, and the broader city coins community uh, kind of went down this route. Yeah, my quick quick answer to that is that. Um, Um, basically, we, you know, Stacks is already a pretty secure chain, and uh, we can upgrade to the CityQuench chain if we need to. Sorry for the baby crying in the background. Um, maybe Jason can also uh, <laughs> finish my thought there. <laughs> Jason, we're throwing you on the spot here. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. So the basic thinking there was um, 
you know, like as as it was, it started just as this thought experiment, actually with with freehold. You know, could we actually just create this mechanism within a smart contract, and would that be possible? Then, as we started looking at it as a way to launch city coins and and to be able to do something like this, it had that unique perspective of from the day one onset, anyone is able to mine the tokens. Um, it was completely open, and it was done in a way that really tried to honor that more than anything. And a little bit to what Patrick was saying, too, we imagine that in the long run, uh, there were still early discussions around app chains. The ideas of like subnets and hyperchains didn't exist yet. But we wanted to follow a model that would allow for that type of upgrade. Like if we needed to move to something for higher capacity or if we needed to have something that provided um, just a, a better way to handle the number of transactions or scalability, then we would be able to easily transition into a similar model that would follow near the same tokenomics. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the original piece. And then just to comment a little bit on the upgrade that's uh, coming up too, we've had a lot of feedback from the community that our issuance or emission schedule was uh, too aggressive. So we are currently evaluating that and trying to look at ways to curb that and fix it with current and, and future city coins. Um, but overall, I, I do have to say it's been amazing to see <clears throat> Excuse me. It's been amazing to see such a great community rising up and really helping us meet these challenges as we go along. Thank you, Jason. And Munib, uh, coming over to you over at Savita Mining. You you mine city coins. You also have been mining uh, throughout the Stacks ecosystem. What what does this mean for you and what is your take from the mining perspective on pox light and, and the future of where that may go in the city coins ecosystem uh yeah so i think we've seen that um it, you know especially early on i think there wasn't like a strong understanding of proof of transfer light um i think that that's kind of that, that shifted and and now you, you know i think we see a pretty healthy mining market um Looking, at, I was just, just recently looking at the, uh, the the mining arbitrage for Miami Coin over the last thousand blocks. It's like a, about a week, um, and it's like two and a half percent. You know, that's like a pretty that's like a pretty efficient market. I think there's like a, a little over, you know, ten to fifteen miners or something like that. So, um, you know, as we as we think about this upgrade, you know, a lot of different things have been uh, have been pitched. Um, you know, I think in, in general, the market demand is going to be what it is. And, you know, I think that updating the tokenomics will probably, you know, that, that will change investors' expectations. So it will likely change demand for the token. Um, and it'll have an impact, like a, probably an immediate impact on the price. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, regardless, miners are going to continue to mine. Um, so, Matt, do you have any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean... Miners are going to continue to mine. Um, is this? I think the 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 question about like the the pro rata distribution, for lack of a better phrase, uh, is how it impacts like current mining operations. It doesn't impact uh, a given. Excuse me, sorry about that. It doesn't impact a given miner, but it does impact pools, obviously. And. Uh, but I don't think it has as big an impact as people realize. Um, if you're mining, for example, and you have like 100, uh, 100 stacks to mine with, and you want to maximize the city coins you get for any amount of stacks you have, 
So let's say you take those 100 stacks and you say, I'm going to get a prorated distribution no matter what I do. So I'm going to put all 100 stacks in one block. And that one block has 1,000 stacks total bids. Great. You get 10% prorated distribution. However, if that block, for whatever reason, just random chance, happens to have, you know, 5,000 total stacks, all of a sudden the percentage of your winnings suddenly drops. So that model doesn't remove the concentration risk of mining. It doesn't remove the the risk associated with uh, with uh, multiple blocks and like optimizing your overall strategy. All it does, and, and not to minimize its benefits, I think it has benefits. I think if it can be implemented, there are some taxable questions to answer, but if it can be implemented, it's a benefit. But I think there's still, if it is implemented, only maximizes or optimizes a given block's payout. It does not optimize a, a holistic view of what's the best strategy to uh, to mine with. And so I think there's still a place for miners, there's still a place for mining pools, but I think it, it can and should be an improvement uh, if it, if it you know if it can be made. There's still some tactical questions that we that we've mentioned or will mention, but I think that it's important to keep in mind like your risk and the benefit of dollar cost averaging, for lack of a better term, still exists. Um, and uh, and uh, you know, automating like your 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 mining, your reinvesting of your of your mining rewards, like all of that, is still an aspect of the larger ecosystem that like miners will continue to be a large part of. Jeff, Hank, anything to add uh, to that and from your perspective? And, and Hank, again, you put up this great article explaining out what this upgrade would look like and touching on some of the points that Maddie just said as well. I mean, you guys even went as far as to create a, a rewards calculator uh, as to how to think about this and how that could be replicated. But any additional thoughts for the mining side? I'll let uh, Hank take it. Sure. Um, well, <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, like Maddie and, and you've had some some great points there, especially around how there's a lot of other uses for pools. Um, you know, I think in a world where the minor discount is essentially, you know, 2% as it is uh, quite recently, there's really, you know, bigger fish to fry than... Um, Increase then you know lowering that discount because it's 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 never really going to go below zero um, and so a two percent essential discount is <clears throat> really not a problem and um, I'm really kind of framing this idea uh, in a world where you know that's not the typical um, minor discount and by minor discount I basically mean you know the block reward is call it a hundred dollars and um, if there's ninety dollars that miners are spending in this other token to to mine the block then you know we call that discount like 10 percent. and so we want to lower that discount because it's essentially getting the dow or the city coins project or whatever uh kind of more more bang for their buck um and <clears throat> it's also i think just you know an idea to propose related to not just city coins but any you know future protocols that want to use uh, POX light. Um, and I think it's, 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 I really want to emphasize that it's not, I'm not trying to say this is sort of like a one size fits all, you know, you do this one thing 
and you know every token's price will go up infinitely or 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 even at all um or that it'll solve other problems it's really like uh what jeff and i like to do is kind of think about these you know individual mechanisms within a more holistic uh tokenomics design and kind of figure out how can we tweak things to get some some marginal benefit so yeah i don't know if that frames things better well and speaking of that last week we talked about this maybe as applied to minting non-fungible tokens as well and kind of a pox light style auction uh hank and jeff do you want to maybe recap some of the thoughts uh that were discussed and that you guys put out there in the world of how that idea could work or the added value something like this could bring to nfts as we are seeing a ton of DeFi around the stacks ecosystem but we also are seeing more and more uh non-fungible token nft upgrades as well yeah, sure. I mean, I can quickly mention that. Um, yeah, a week ago, we did this similar space, but on an idea to use the mechanism for for um, NFT minting. And I think that insight came um, probably like, yeah, around the same time that we thought of of this upgrade too, you know, because POX Lite, um, I think someone used the word simulates, it kind of simulates like an auction, basically, it's like an auction that plays out over time. And so we were like, if it sort of is like an auction, why don't we just like make it an auction, like a straight auction and make it the best version possible. And then, uh, you know, it just occurred to me that you could apply an auction sort of mechanic to, um, to NFTs as well. And so instead of, instead of doing allow lists, uh, an- another way to sort of play the game of like who gets, who gets NFTs or a set of NFTs, uh, would be to, to apply the same idea where there's like, you know, every single day there's a set of NFTs that are auctioned off and then, part of the um they're they're they're, you know mind or auction it's kind of interchangeable in this case and um part of the part of the mining revenues from that get passed to the nft creation you know team or dao or whatever so that, that was the that was the big idea over there and um yeah i think as hank mentioned um this is like one little one little piece of of like others other stuff that we've been thinking about so i think i think we've got a bunch of ideas that are kind of like proof of transfer light uh, sort of tweaks and upgrades and we're sort of um <laughs> sort of breaking off bits of them and sharing blog posts as part of our company's kind of like content strategy but um yeah well <laughs> if everyone's if everyone's mildly impressed with this one we'll just keep on adding more until until your minds are blown <laughs> that's it thanks <laughs> i i think this is a great start hank anything to add oh i mean and on that topic like uh you know i think this was kind of triggered and, and Jeff and I certainly helped organize this based on that blog post we put out. But at, at the same time, there is a ton of really interesting research going on, um, like in the city coins discord and, and through some of their, um, their, their, their scheduled chats around like other potential upgrades as Patrick was mentioning at the start. And so, uh, it's just pretty exciting that there's, you know, lots of people kind of approaching this larger thing we call POX light and thinking, you know, how can we tweak this or that? Um, cause it is, it is it is it is a big space um and the, the only other thing that like jeff kind of made me think of is is this word auction and um i like to kind of think of it that way as well like if we have this like we have this one if we set this constraint of you know the protocol is going to emit you know this amount of tokens at this interval um it is it is in a sense an auction and so there's then all these levers you can pull to think about how do we make this the most effective auction possible if the goal is uh you know raising funds for this for a dow um and so we've you know proposed that uh 
proportional or pro rata mining rewards are marginally better than um, this sort of weighted random selection opt option. But there's other levers like, you know, there's batch auctions where users are actually or miners are actually setting their own kind of price and um, different pricing mechanisms. That way you could say, well, instead of maybe uh, emitting 100 tokens every 10 minutes, what if we did 600 every hour or, you know, whatever number every day or so on? Um, not to say, you know, one is better than the other, but uh, I, I think it's just the right way to think about it. Well, and, and on that, I actually want to go to maybe the other side of this. We've talked a lot of the possibilities, a lot of the excitement, a lot of the potential, but what are some of the trade-offs uh, that could occur? And, and again, Hank, you mentioned some of this in your article, but Jason, I want to start with you. I mean, what, what trade-offs could there be around POXL? Uh, if people are developing with it, if it's integrated into you know their application and protocol. Well, one thing I was thinking of as we're going over like the the different thoughts on how this could operate and everything else is there's really an opportunity to find a way to use this mechanism that works best for your project, right? So so POX Lite in itself is really just a separate idea that we used and modeled to to run what we have as the CityCoins protocol now. But it doesn't mean that every project has to do everything exactly the same. So when you think of like the how the auction mechanic could work with NFTs, for example, um, we've seen actually a project come up recently in our space called Theopatra that just did a presentation today about how they would use a very similar POX light mechanism for um, handling like rent assistance and actually kind of a, a novel idea all around that too. So when, it, when I see these things come into light, I think the bigger goal is, you know, maybe we can boil down the, the components that are the core of it and uh, go through. We, a long time ago, it was recommended me to actually start a SIP around what a POX light token is. And I think it'd be interesting to explore that place because some of those smaller trade-offs just could be design decisions that people make as they're looking for like what works best for them. Hank. Yeah, to get into like specific, you know, trade-offs in this design space. Um, one thing that a lot of people have mentioned around any sort of pro rata distribution is that um you know if you just did that on its own you were it's it's going to be hard to build that in a way that uh doesn't really increase transaction throughput and you know essentially like uh costs and fees um because today if there's only one miner then only that one miner needs to claim rewards and do something with it but if every miner is doing it and there's hundreds of miners you know we're talking a large multiple in transaction fees so if you wanted to make a change in that regard you're going to have to i think think about you know what other levers you might pull to sort of make up for that i think that gets into like longer mining intervals or automatic stacking um but yeah, I think that that's one of the most direct trade-offs where I think anyone can say, yep, you got to sort of solve that problem. Muneeb, any any additional thoughts or, or Maddie on that as well as both of you coming from the mining side, any, any thinks, thinking around trade-offs on this concept? Um, yeah, I guess in, in terms of trade-offs, um, I guess, you know, I, I think more of like like the small design decisions that could really open up the proof of transfer light, like token design space, right? So, you know, I, I personally think about like what, what about like a business trying to raise funds for like a capital project that they need to, that they need to execute, right? 
Um, and, and so when I think about that, I'm like, okay, well, you know, how, how, how might a business modify this, um, you know, for a, in a way that's beneficial for them. So like one, one thing I think about is like maybe instead of having a constant issuance, maybe there's like a switch in the smart contract that the business can turn on and off to effectively, you know, stop raising capital or something like that. Or, or you know, so you're not constantly issuing tokens. It's not like a regularly dilutive thing. Um, but instead, you know, you're, you're, you're tactically raising capital. I also think about like, um, changing the stacking, like having like a business being able to change the stacking reward. Um, so, you know, like toggle it up and down or something like that. I know this is like, maybe not exactly trade-offs. I'm just thinking about like small design decisions that, that make a lot of sense, um, for managing a project, I guess. Well, uh, the fundraising portion and sorry patrick i was just say the fundraising portion is very similar to to cities as well so i think that's a, a great use case opportunity patrick mm-hmm. go ahead yeah I, I think i think that makes sense for like businesses and and um uh, projects that um have that are like moving sort of like somewhat away from being more protocol like where you know you have like a reliable function that happens and you know uh, at, at a at a set interval of time um yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. When what it actually speaking more on the protocol aspect of things, um, the one thing, the one thing I and by the way, like what Hank created is, is great. I, I have no idea what the the costs are, and I think that's good. It'd be good for us to understand that um, more more deeply. And honestly, it's something that I think should be considered and maybe like a future upgrade um, for city coins. But um, one sort of like hypothetical that um, one sort of hypothetical is like um, basically if you're if you're if you're mining at a set interval of time, um, what's kind of cool about the current the current status is that um, you have a sense of what the you have a sense of what like the the price of that coin was every ten minutes in time. Um, so like you could literally look at on-chain data to see how much a city coin is worth. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even need to go to a centralized exchange to do it. Um, I think that's, that's an interesting component of having, um, having like a, a set, um, fairly, you know, fairly like regular interval. That's not like too long of a time period. Like, for example, like you may not want the mining to be batched in terms of weeks if you're trying to get like, um, you're trying to get like a average over a couple of days. Um, and the averages, the, like the, the kind of like, um, the pr- getting, getting price data could, I don't know, but it could be interesting in the future, uh, in regards to, uh, ecosystem, ecosystem wide votes. So for example, um, if you were to say, say you had like 30 city coins in an ecosystem and, like New York and Miami are like dominating. And then you have like a small city coin, like Dearborn, Michigan, like good city, but small, um, that has like a really low market cap, but you wouldn't want, uh, you wouldn't necessarily want each of those coins votes to have an equal, uh, an equal say as, uh, larger cities votes. Um, that'd be like, uh, the tail wagging the dog, so to speak. And what you could do is you could actually just look up on-chain data and be like, okay, what's the trailing two-day, three-day, three-week, three-month average of actual like 
price data denominated in Bitcoin or stacks and um, essentially apply that data to the vote. So you can have like a, like you have one coin in a big city that has a has a big has a a higher price, and um, maybe your vote goes further. And being able to do that all on chain, I think, is like pretty novel. I don't, I don't think a lot of chains can do that because they don't anchor down in Bitcoin, but city coins and stacks does. So um, that's another consideration. For my uh, jump here in here and share some thoughts. I mean, there's been a lot that we talked about uh, in the last few minutes. I think. Um, Jeff and Hank mentioned like the auction mechanic. Like I, I personally think of POX Lite as as almost like a continuing Dutch auction. Like each block is kind of a Dutch auction, and the and the process itself is like a continuous auction in a, in a sense. Um, I think that has lots of strengths, right? Like the the POXL model itself already begins with so many strengths. You know, to 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 Patrick's credit quite a lot of it, right? Like there's no pre-mine, for example, right? Like it's a very equitable uh, distribution of any given asset, which also touches on what we've mentioned. Like it can be a token, it could be an NFT, it could be any finite asset really that applies or fits into the uh, POXL model. So I think personally, like I, um, I think POXL has so much potential. I think these type of suggestions uh, and improvements are, are more than welcome and, and inevitably will you know play out. I think if we look at like the strengths and weaknesses or the, the advantages and disadvantages of the particular change that has been proposed, personally, the only like so to speak disadvantage I can think of is, is potentially encouraging people to be more like short-term focused like if i if i know for example that i'm going to get like x percent of a block that i bid on like i would all else equal perhaps be more uh concentrated in a short-term period of mining or in a given block um but obviously with education that's not necessarily the same the, the same factor but like that's the only weakness i can think of to this particular uh this particular proposal but overall if we look at the macro picture like poxl is like pretty pretty fantastic uh concept right like this totally like everyone comes to it from the same page from an equal opportunity uh you know there's no pre-mine there's no like team allocation and it's just this conceptually like a recurring dutch auction uh each block and so whether you break that up into 10 minutes or six hours or you know like whatever that looks like that's kind of like below the line in my opinion like the 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 strategy like what are we optimizing for like poxl accomplishes a lot of these uh these these higher level goals that both bitcoin and stacks uh share and i think that there, you know, we've just scratched the surface with city coins um i think there's so much more innovation to come you know to also patrick's point like another advantage of poxl is like all of this is written on the blockchain it's not like some third party you know you need an oracle to read it type of information like poxl occurs on the blockchain which reminds me of the same benefit of pox itself which is like mining 
stacks is quite literally the process of writing to the Bitcoin blockchain itself. So a lot of these uh, benefits are synergistic. A lot of these like uh, trade-offs, so to speak, um, are, are just kind of choices that the community will have to make. But I think that whatever we do, uh, that there will be continue to be a place for like the individual miner, the pool miner, right? The large institutional miner. Like, I, I don't think any of this will replace that. I think all of these are great proposals for moving the overall protocol of city coins and any future, like Theopetra, for example, any future POXL tokens forward. I think these are great conversations. Uh, I don't have anything else to add, to be quite frank. I was surprised more people aren't doing proof of transfer. Uh, light. Right. <laughs> can, can, can you, uh, one, one thing you mentioned earlier, uh, I'm um, um, trying to get my my arms around it, which is um, 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 folks, fo- folks. Uh, so, saying like with Hank's model, folks might. I'm trying to understand whether this is clear, whether this is actually true or not. So, folks, okay, okay. Uh, would come in and and say, okay. Because I know that I'm going to win, I'm going to put up money, and um, and uh, and I'll sell immediately. Or is it more like um, and, and and versus like if I had to do this in an in an auction, like or sorry, if I had to do this in a way where I'm not guaranteed to win every block, um, I might I might um, I don't know I might. I might be doing it for more virtuous reasons or more long-term holding reasons. Is that correct? I I guess what I'm saying is like everything I know about like everything I have personally experienced about human nature, everything I know from tradition, career and traditional finance is like the risk of losing a given block is more obvious to people when it's like, you know, there's a single winner, then the risk of a given block might be more bid on than the other. So to just to just take this to a specific example to help people understand, like, let's say I bid 50 stacks and the total bid is 100 stacks. Like I have a 50 ch- in the current model, I have a 50% chance of winning everything, meaning I have a 50 percent, 50% uh, 50% chance of losing, getting nothing like that risk is quite easy for people to like think of like think of you know before they bid be aware of it 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 humbles you in a sense and makes you bid on multiple blocks makes you kind of hedge your bets if it is a model where if i bid 50 stacks i'm guaranteed to get my proportional share then this kind of sense of like oh well whatever happens i get you know i get my share but the the risk of like that particular block i bid on being more bid than other blocks makes you kind of hedge your bets if it is a model where if i bid 50 stacks i'm guaranteed to get my proportional share then this kind of sense of like oh well whatever happens i get you know i get my share but the the risk of like that particular block I bid on being more bid than other blocks. So let's say on average there's a hundred stacks total per block. So I on average would get fifty percent of the winnings. But I bid fifty stacks on one block, and for whatever reason, you know that block happens to be you know three hundred 
total stacks bid. Then I only get one sixth of what I would have gotten if I spread my bets out. That risk just strikes me, again, personally, like from what I know about people and one from what I know about working in finance, that risk strikes me as like less obvious, less uh, less like on people's minds. And so I, I personally believe all else equal, you will see more risk taking, more like short term type of activity of betting, uh, of, of bidding, of mining with this type of model. Now, does that net out mean it's a, it's not a good direction? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is the weakness I perceive. So, so Matt, are you, are you effectively saying, it sounds like you're effectively saying like in both the current model and in the proposed model, you can lose, right? Like the problem, but in one model, you're losing by not winning anything and another model you're losing by overpaying significantly or something like I that. I think that's I think that's a way of of yeah, I think that's a, a different way of framing it. Yeah, like yeah. you you can still lose, right? Like yeah. you can lose arguably less, but you can still lose quite materially in this yeah. this other type of model if you don't spread your bets out, right? If you don't dollar cross average so to speak, if you don't mine uh, responsibly. Yeah. I feel like uh, that, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Hank. Oh, sorry. I I totally agree that uh, it doesn't mean the optimal strategy is just toss it all in at once. You have to be dollar cost averaging still makes sense. But I mean, the risk of the block getting overbid is is still the same. You know, it's still a risk in, in both models. Uh, yes, I, I agree. Was... I'm, not, I'm not debating that. I'm not refuting that point. I'm just saying that my gut feeling is that when you remove the like winner take all mechanism, people will perceive the other risk less and therefore like go all in uh, more than they would in the current model. I'm not saying that's like a I'm not saying that it removes the net positive factor. I'm just saying like that is a factor I perceive. Like you will have more risk taking activity, I believe, with that model. Doesn't mean yeah. that it's not net a benefit. Uh, personally, yeah. I still believe it's net benefit to be to be clear. But I think you'll have more risk taking activity. Yeah. I would just add really quickly that like we, I think you see this quite a bit, like with Citicoins mining. So both with. Miami coin mining and with New York City coin mining, kind of at the beginning, you know, you see you see pretty wild bids for blocks, right? And that's because at the very beginning, that's when the stacking yield is the highest. But um, you know, every every city draw, every new city coin launch draws in new participants that you know they're like, oh, this coin is being launched for my city. I'm interested. I want to mine it. Um, those people come in maybe not understanding well uh, exactly how the process works. I mean, you know, we've we've seen people um, you know bid like extremely overpay, right? I mean, I remember there was, I think there was one block that somebody like bid like 10,000 stacks on for New York City. Coin. Someone, someone put, I'm pretty sure someone put $100,000 in a single block. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens, right? <laughs> I, mean, um, I was going to say, whether this ties into the point we're talking about or some other point, like I think we can all agree that like <laughs> better education is like mm -hmm. material to any POXL, uh, you know, consensus in the future. Um, yeah. I, I don't know exactly what the best way to achieve that is, but I think like any protocol changes, any materials around the protocol, any supporting, you know, documents like. We need people to be aware of the thing they're getting into when they when they when they you know get involved in POXL and to some degree Prorata actually does help that you know it is better in that sense of uh, than the the winner take all model but also like at the same time if people 
my gut reaction again is just like people will abuse the prorata almost and like use that as like a mental de-risking factor and like not actually uh be aware of the risk that they're still taking yeah i was just gonna ask um i i i agree with all these things you're saying and i remember people coming in early days in both cities and then and then you know being upset that they they expended so many stacks and then got nothing and viewed that as kind of like a flaw so i think that would would help there but uh i actually was hoping to clarify something it's kind of i think it's i think it makes sense but i also don't know for sure is the reason that pox light even has my understanding is that the the reason to do the random function is actually like a um there's a security implication to that in terms of like being able to predict where a Coinbase is going to go, like in the actual, I'm talking about proper POX. Uh, there's, so there's like a security reason to not, to, to basically use randomness versus like more, you know, pro rata basically. In this version, I think that's not true. Like there's no, there's no block right. reduction. There's not, so, so this is just here. Like the reason this thing is even here at all is a, basically like a remnant like it's basically just a hat tip to the original mechanism it's not like it has to be this way right it's just like a it's like a thing that you know jude added because he likes it or something right like am i, am I right uh, is that true it, 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 no that's a little bit a little bit reductive jeff uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> good old reductive jeff that's my middle name yeah yeah rj um so i think um i mean going back in time now but um I think I think one of the big things that um, that was like very like uh, top of mind while the community was sort of coming up with this model was the idea that we would upgrade to uh, an actual blockchain um, should the should we um, sort of need to um, and just keeping that function consistent uh, was one thing. The other thing too is like I think from um, well, I think from like, I think from, from like, a, yeah, I don't know how to describe this, but just basically like the, the randomization, it at least like, at least does like simulate more of an actual like competition that you would see with miners as opposed to the, you know, as opposed to kind of like you know, opening the carburetor fully or opening the funnel fully and, and saying like anyone that wants to buy anytime can get in right here and you'll get your pro rata uh, amount. Um, so it's like, yeah, I think, I think, mo- mo- I think most of the reason that it was done was because we were, we were like, well, if this, at the, you know, at a time we were kind of like, our, like to the, these blockchains don't scale, like blockchains don't scale. We know that. Right. Um, and we were thinking, well, maybe, you know, Jude's app chain model would be the way to scale this thing up. So, like, you would just have an actual, you would actually have a real consensus mechanism if you scaled up to that model. So, why why, uh, why not keep the same standard for that? Yeah, that makes sense. I, and I, um, I really, I defer to him, you know. Uh, I think it's like, I think that method is like a tried and true way to basically secure your blockchain. So, it's like, why not use the thing that... Is super robust and just works, you know, uh, historically. So makes sense. I was just curious if there was anything, if there was any other, like, like you know, kind of within this in, in the blockchain upgrade thing also makes sense. But within this just scope down, like, again, we're calling it like this auction that kind of runs forever. Within that, I kind of wonder if there's any other, any other reason. There, there might be this psychology reason that that could be pretty robust. 
I, I just I just really want somebody to to try it the other way and like <laughs> so we can have real data to compare with. <laughs> It'd be cool experiments around. Launch your own city coin, dude. There you go. Uh, maybe next time we'll get uh, Jude on this panel as well to to share a little bit more with us. But uh, Jeff, uh, we'll, we're going to call it a day here, so you can go start that city coin uh, that Patrick uh, is pushing you to do as well. Uh, Jeff, Hank, Patrick, Maddie, and Jason, along with Mooney, thank you all very very much for being a part of today's discussion and sharing your thoughts, insights, and everything around uh, the concept of, of POX Lite, POXL, or Proof of Transfer Lite as well. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this week's uh, Crypto Internet Show. If you want to tune in live, ask questions, or join the conversation in the future, be sure to follow Stacks on Twitter and tune in every week on Wednesdays at 5 p.m., Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Until next week, I'm your host, Kyle Alicant, partner at the Stacks Accelerator as well. Everyone have a great day, great evening. Take care, everybody.